Um, well, so this is the character class, right? Everybody here? <laughs> I'm in the right room. Um, so uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Mackenzie Albert. Um, yeah, my name. Um, so Kendall, my husband and I, we are in Nashville. We've been there for almost six years now. Um, we went into, uh, it's grateful we've been in the ministry for a while, almost seven years, a little over longer, if you count other times. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we, we have uh, gotten to really see a lot of great things and been through a lot of challenging things in Nashville. Um, and we were in Atlanta. That's where I was converted. I was converted at Georgia Highlands. So for those of you in Atlanta who know what that is, they're there. Um, when, the, when the school was um, Spusu, <laughs> Southern Polytechnic University, it's not there anymore. But um, so yeah, that was, that was really cool. I got invited to a discussion. A visitor actually brought me out, so you never know who your visitors are bringing out, guys. It can really, um, so that's cool. I really, I uh, love, oh, we all love our stories, and I just uh, love mine for sure grateful to be saved and to be here and grateful to share me and Lizzie are going to share about character what it really means to um, have a strong character to really get through any kind of time whether it's hard times in life wanting to be prideful or worldly um, any kind of temptation so I'm just going to share a little bit um, just of what I've learned about character over uh, the years I've been a disciple um, almost 12 years now March 5th, which is very soon. Yeah. Sometimes it's easy to forget. <laughs> it just sounds so bad, but it does. Um, oh, and I do have two little beautiful kids. I'm sure you've seen them. The blonde ones. I don't know how they're blonde, but it's great. Um, so we're going to start. We're going to read a scripture in Revelations chapter 3. Let's start with some questions for you guys just to think about. What would people say about your Christianity? You know, how would they describe you being a disciple of Jesus? You know, taking on the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. How would they describe your walk with God? Um, how would someone describe how you treat people? Whether they're disciples or non-disciples. How, okay, now think about this. What would God say about your Christianity? What would he describe you as being a disciple of Jesus, taking on the life of Jesus? What would God say about (laughs) your relationship with him? What would he say how you treat people? You know, are those answers different or the same between what people think and what God thinks? What people say about you is just your reputation. But what God says about you is your character. It's who you really are. Mm, So we're going to read in Revelation 3. So sometimes the book of Revelation can seem daunting, but actually chapters 2 and 3 are actually really easy to read and understand. They're letters written to churches. So can you imagine Jesus writing a letter to your church? What would he say? I would be like, ah! I don't want to know. Um, I don't think I just, I never, such a personal letter. That's, all, that's really, so this is, this is what it is. It's a letter written to a church by Jesus. So we're going to start in verse 1. Um, we're going to read 1 through 6. Or uh, 1 through 3, I believe. But to the angel of the church in Sardis, right? These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits. 
of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I come to you. You know, it says you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. What does that mean? Um, You know, I would say that's someone who I agree with the Bible, I go to church, I'm committed, I do the right things, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, But I think what it really means is you're just not applying the scriptures, you know? It says you're dead. You know, what does it mean to be dead? You don't grow, you know? Nothing happens. You know, and his next phrase is, wake up. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. It sounds like this church has stopped applying what they had learned. We have to read the scriptures, learn the scriptures, understand them, and obey them. There's no other way around that. You know, maybe you are someone who's known for being committed, um, but you aren't growing. Have you, anybody ever felt like, gosh, am I just the same person I was six months ago or even a year ago? You know, am I hearing the same things being told to me and nothing's changing? Um, you know, you can do a lot of the right things and not grow. And that's a scary thought because I feel like it can sneak up on us. You know, I think I love what is said here. It says, your deeds are unfinished. You know, what stops us from finishing our deeds? I think it goes back to our character, you know. You, know, you can't wish away tough times. You can't wake up and just be perfect spiritually. Not going to happen. Uh, you can't wait for things to get easier. That certainly won't happen. Um, we must learn how to have a strong character and push through. Romans chapter 5, 3 and 4 says, Not only so, but also we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Does your character bring you back to hope, Mm -hmm. to God, to Jesus? Mm -hmm. What others think of you will not last. What What others think of you will not bring you back to your hope. You know, I can get stuck in this thinking. Um, and, you know, why? Because people won't always be there. People don't see you when you're alone. <laughs> but God does. So are you dead? Or are you finishing your deeds? Are you, is your character allowing you to push through um, challenging times? Because, you know, you're you're based on the word of God, your foundation, your character. You know, I think about, we probably, you know, for some of us who, you know, we're committed, we're part of churches, maybe some of you are new here and you're like, wow, I'm figuring out church, figuring out God, I go sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, 
most of us, we hear a sermon, whether it's a, just a Sunday or maybe like three or four times a week. <laughs> maybe you got up in the morning and you read your Bible, you know, even like a Bible discussion when you go. Like sometimes I still go and I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't thought about that. Well, you know, you know, did those times change you? You know, are you any different from that lesson? You know, um, even though Veronique said like, I don't remember that girls, but she, she that lesson changed her. Because she went and confessed in a room. Right. You know, we don't have to remember every step that, or every, you know, uh, thing that someone said. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to m- m- motivate us to do something different. Yeah. So are, are you really changing from those things that you're learning and, or hearing from other people when they read the scriptures? I think about <laughs> this, this movie, Zootopia. Everybody seen it? Yeah. <laughs> like one of the best movies in there. I'm like, ooh, they got some real life stuff in there. <laughs> Um, but I love it, you know, when Judy Hopps is, like, wanting to be a police officer and she goes to the academy and, like, I don't know, the chief's officer, the polar bear character, she's like, you're dead, you know, the, the tundra, you're dead. Like, she goes through all of them. Like, she's like, look, this is the city you're going to go to. These are the things you're going to face. And if right. you can't make it through here, you know, and they have all these, like, funny little obstacles. <laughs> and she's like, you're dead, you're dead. And then even in the toilet, she's like, you're dead. <laughs> she's like, poor Judy. Um... But Judy pushes on. And, you know, they even have this scene of, like, other people telling her, you can't do this or something like that. And I just feel like Judy had the character. She's like, bump that. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the first bunny police officer in Zootopia. Um, and I just, I like that because I think sometimes that's how uh, we can think, you know, if someone says, says negative things about us. Or if someone says, like, no, you don't have to give that way, you know. Like, okay, then I won't, you know. Because... It was like a way out, you know? Um, Or you don't have to be that spiritual. We listen to a lot of things, you know? Um, But are you caring more about what people say or what God says? You know, in Hebrews 4.12, we all know this one. Um, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. God's word is alive and active. Like, it can still convict us and change us. We can still apply it when someone reads it today. You, know, you cannot hide from God's word, but you can hide from people, you know? Um, and I think the reason we only get open with people is because of God's word. I don't go, yeah, I just want to share all my sin and share that I want to be worldly. Yep, let's just tell everyone. No, I'm like, God told me to share this. So again, it comes right back to God's word. The Bible will transform us. Just not the first time you're really reading the Bible and it's exciting though. I remember studying the Bible for the first time. I grew up super religious and I was like, wow, we're supposed to do this? Like it was so new for me. I was like, no one does this. And I was like, dang, I am so off. I'm not a Christian at all. So it was exciting when we first hear it. It can still be that exciting. It will still transform you. Right. You know, I say for me, it's very easy. I am a guilty soul. (laughs) I am like, feel guilty like all the time. Some people are like, yeah, maybe once a year. I'm like, 
<laughs> what is that like? <laughs> so I get it. You know, I, I have a different perspective. You know, the man I married is literally, I never feel guilt. I was like, wow. <laughs> we have to learn. We get to learn from each other. But um, so I can read the Bible and feel very convicted a lot of times for me. Um, but, you know, am I really changing from it? It's easy to feel a sermon like, oh, that got me. You know, Veronique said some great questions. Yeah. I was like, ooh, that got me. But am I letting, am I applying what's getting my heart, mm-hmm. cutting my heart? It's, it's like a double-edged sword. It's supposed to cut us. Come on, Mac. Um, you know, a lot, applying God's word allows you to push through life. Yeah. You know, uh, applying people's word does not do the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to think that these push-through moments are defining moments in our lives. Moments that define who you really are. You know, if you're in a D time and you're called higher, you know, and you didn't like it, what do you do? That's a defining moment right there. You know, um, if you feel like yourself not wanting to participate, maybe it's a church event, you're like, I don't like this game, I don't want to play. <laughs> or... Uh, I don't want to talk about that person. They look like they already know God. So, like, that's a defining moment. It doesn't have to be, like, someone, you know, I don't even know, big atrocity that defines who you are. It can be these little moments day to day. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's easy to wait for someone to say, you don't have to participate. You don't like the game. Don't do it. Or I'm going to get a second opinion what someone thinks about this situation so I can hear what I want to (laughs) hear. You know? Because you didn't like what they called you out on. Right, right. Um, or looking to justify your feelings. Wow, sister, that's tough. You know, I do think we need to be gentle and we need to love people. But sometimes we just, we go to our friends who can really coddle us, but they never call us higher. Wow. Yeah. Even if it's like, I, I want to be worldly, I love this boy. Wow, thank you so much for confessing. And then that girl doesn't call you repentance. Mm-hmm. That friend needs to change, okay? Like, <laughs> someone better call me repentance. Like... Um, or wanting to give up in a trial because it's unexpected, yeah. you know, or I don't want to be your friend because she has different perspectives than me. <laughs> so we just aren't going to mix whether it's like, she's got high standards and I don't like, like, I don't want to feel, you know, judged or something, or she doesn't have really spiritual conviction. So I don't want to be your friend. I was like, both are great opportunities, <laughs> you know? Uh, but you know, we can think that. Or I don't want to talk to that person again. Just I don't like them. Like, what are we looking for a way out? You know, or I'm wanting someone just to give me permission. You know, I think that shows a lot of your character. Those are not defining moments. Those are not. Those are easy. Like, if I have to give up because things are hard, that's easy. <laughs> I love giving up. You know, <laughs> I don't like pushing through. <laughs> it's not easy. You know, those moments don't change you. If you're just waiting for someone to tell you, that's okay. Yeah, wear that shirt skirt, that short skirt, or date that unspiritual boy. Go for it. Be worldly. Yes, watch that TV show. I think it's great. Oh, so-and-so watches it. Did she die on the cross for you? No. Like, we make our standards each other. Our standard is Jesus. He died, so your standard is so high. It's not even funny. Like, It is crazy. Jesus would walk away from things that we, like, don't even notice. Um, And you don't have to push through any of those comments. 
You kind of, and I, don't get me wrong, this is a character class. This isn't like emotionally broken down moment. This is a character class, okay? Right. Strong character. Right. Yeah. Those moments, you know, are not going to change us. Yeah, I can literally think of all those and think of scriptures that literally go against all those comments. You know, God does, God tells us to love when it's hard. Love your enemies. Love people you don't really want to love. And I could go on. There's all those scriptures. Are they in the Bible? Because those are people's words. We have to go off of what God's words are. And that's what's going to change your character. That's what, if you go back to Revelation... They, they have to be transformed by God's words, not what people say. I don't care if someone says you're spiritual. Oh, my gosh, guys, I was not a Christian, and I went to church my whole life, and I went to a Baptist church, and people, Mackenzie's so spiritual. I looked at them in my head. I'm like, no, I, I don't read the Bible. I don't know anything about the Bible. But just because I wasn't that typical person, like, I feel like growing up, the people who shared their stories, you either were, like, a drug addict or like a girl who slept with every single human she saw. Like those were the only stories. So I was like, oh, okay. So right. you're like, wow, Mackenzie's really spiritual. Because I don't do those things. I'm like, does everyone else do those things? It's just, it was confusing. Because I, I was like, I know I'm in sin. <laughs> like, or I felt like I knew I'm somebody somewhere wrong. But I was, but everyone said great things about me. But they were so wrong. God was like, let me tell you, Mackenzie, who you really are. And it, wow. was, it was scary. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, I read the Bible and I was like, I'm going to hell. What do I need to do? Mm. I will change everything. And I'm like, wow, I want yeah. that. I want that attitude yeah. for the rest of my life. Mm. I want to change everything. Mm. Um, you know, I think about defining moments for me as a disciple. I've had a few. And some of them are really intense, guys. Mm. Come on, Mac. So, when, so my disciple in college, and even the disciple I have now, she has said it, not, in, not as an intense way, just a continual reminder. I am emotional. I'm always led by my emotions. And she goes, Mackenzie, you cannot make an excuse to sin because you're feeling a lot. Mm. And I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I was kind of mad when she said that. But that was a defining moment. I'd be like, all right. Like, what am I going to do about this? Am I just going to sit in my emotions and just keep going on? You know, um, I was in a dating relationship. Um, like, I was six months old spiritually. And I had a brother say to me, and he was a bigger brother, like big brother. Um, his wife was in the ministry, but he was working. He sat us down, both of us, and he's like, I hope this fails. Yeah, that's the reaction. That should be the reaction. That's, that was a defining moment, y'all. I was like, dang! Um, but I don't regret that. I'm so grateful he said that. It's like that girl who signed, you know, signed Veronica up to go to the Hope thing. I was like, wow, well done. Well done. That brother, that's what he did for me, you know. Um, I've done counseling twice now in my life. I'll probably do it again later on. Um, I have so many defining moments in there. You know, and I, I get counseling from someone who, you know, I believe also is a disciple as well. So he's like, I'm going to put all the scriptures on you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, it's helpful. You know, it's not someone I don't know. I have a relationship before, uh, before he was my counselor. Right. So I'm so grateful for him because right. uh, we're on the same page spiritually. <laughs> um, my friends have called me out on defining moments. And some of them are little. You know, I have a friend in Nashville. She's like, because that was disrespectful to your husband. I was like, what? <laughs> It's probably my feelings moment, and I chose to sin. But I love that. She didn't hold back, you know. Um, so do you have a character that responds 
How does your character respond in these moments? Do you even allow defining moments to happen? Mm-hmm. Can someone like, oh, she can't take it? Mm-hmm. You know, is that how people feel about you? Maybe ask your disciple or, you know, if you don't have one, maybe you're studying the Bible. Ask them. Like, hey, you know, I don't have a disciple, but you're in my life. You're teaching me the Bible. How's my character? Is it weak? Is it strong? Can I push through? Um, you know, life has thrown me a lot of hard things. Um, and I've seen myself grow in those times, and I've seen myself get stuck in those times because I love looking good in front of people. I want everyone to say I am the greatest, and I'm the best, and everyone wants to be my friend. <laughs> so I, I, I would be this church in Sardis. <laughs> you, you are alive to people, but you are dead to me. Because, you know, I can think things like, oh, was that conversation right for her? Did she like it? Did she feel good about it? <laughs> you know, I want approval to people that I'm doing a good job in the ministry. I want a good friend. Or I want people to say, like, oh, you're such a good friend, Mackenzie. Or, you know, even oh, I want people to be like, oh, that's the mom you want to be. Like, she's blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just I want people. I, I so struggle with people's approval mm-hmm. and people thinking I'm doing really well spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of times it can come from my past where I had a lot more people around me, you know, you, it, you get, or at least for me, I've gotten fewer friends, not because I, it's like sad, but because it's just life happens, you know, I had 12 bridesmaids. I loved it. I feel like I probably could have had 20. Now I'd probably be like maybe five, like it's just so much, you know, there's more things in life. You have responsibilities, you, you know, there's not, you can't keep hold. And so that's not like a bad thing that I don't have as many people around me, but what's happened is. I think I'm looking for a lot of people to give me a lot of attention. And I had a lot more people in my life, but I wasn't banking on their stuff. But now I am banking on their stuff. I'm like, well, nobody's here. And no one's, not enough people are saying things. So I'm getting weak. I'm having that weak character come in. Um, you know, and people are not gonna, always going to be there. And people haven't been always there. And I've had to learn, wow, how am I building my faith? How am I creating a strong character to push through the hard times to finish my deeds? Because I'm in a different season of life. You know, amen to the Mackenzie five years ago that got through things. Awesome. Mm. She didn't have two kids, you know. (laughs) You know, she's not 31 almost. You know, she was 26. So that's different too. Like everything's different, you know. Maybe my life situation has changed. Like, so I have to go back to the scriptures and let it recut my heart where I am today and that's going to make your character strong and how to push through things because I think it's easy to be like oh god you're so hard no life is hard god is good don't get those two confused life's going to be hard based off of unexpected trials or like wow satan tempting you and like what am I going to do what am I going to choose you know um and I think, you know, if we, if we want to grow, we have to focus on what God says and not what people say at the end of the day, no matter what. There are some people in the Bible that were like walking alone. I'm like, wow, how did you do that? <laughs> you know? Um, and we have to submit to what God says, not to submit what people say. Um, people will bring us back. People should bring you back to what God says. And if people aren't bringing you back to God, then you've got to reevaluate and strengthen that relationship for sure. But, um, but you're going to grow by listening to God's words. That's how you're going to have a strong character. And God will be like, you have finished your deeds. 
You are growing. You are applying my scriptures. You know, I love, you know, we're trusting him every day, as Veronique even pointed out. So what does your Christianity look like? What would people say? Is it the same as God and people? You know, what do you need to evaluate? Where are you, where is your character weak? Are you just pretending to look alive when you're actually dead? Mm. Let's finish our deeds, no matter what's in front of us. Because God is for us. God is good. And God's word will build you a strong character so you can finish your deeds. Um, so now we're going to have Lizzie come up. And she's going to share just um, having a strong character is possible. It can feel like, oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> but it is possible. Uh, but we have to do it through God's perspective. Thank you, Mac. Yeah, you guys can. Yes, that was amazing. Yeah, Mac is like, oh, you've just always been an inspiring woman for me. I feel like it's funny. My birthday, my spiritual birthday is actually tomorrow, okay. March 1st. So March 5th. That's so funny. I'm going to be five. So I'm like, you know, like in, I'm like a toddler running around, like Emily, trying to learn how to go to the bathroom. I don't know. I'm like still in these really early phases. But yeah, Mac, I love that. And I'm going to kind of even touch and kind of build off of some of those points. Well, as we think practically kind of like what is God's perspective on being a woman of strong character but then how do we actually do this because it's like obviously like most things it's easier said than actually like put into practice but hopefully you're in this class because you want to be a strong woman of strong character right I feel like nobody wakes up and is like man I want to be a weak woman today let me just be a weak willed worldly woman that is what I want like I just don't feel like and if you do that's all right just accept it and work through that I guess but um but I know that you're in this class because you you want to be here you see the need to be here and I also think we need these things so we can even help other women right but obviously first we have to focus and help ourselves and so obviously pain is an essential part of growing that's not just like physically as you grow up as a person but it definitely definitely applies spiritually Um, And so I'm going to actually start with some personal sharing. That's kind of weird, but I'm just going to kind of get in. I don't know most of you guys, but I'm Lizzie, and I'm just going to be really real for a second, if that's okay. So kind of, (laughs) thanks, Camille. I do know you. Um, And so I'll start out. My, is anyone into the Enneagram, by the way? Girl, yes. I am a seven. If you don't know what that is, it means I'm the enthusiast or the entertainer. And basically, if you don't know the Enneagram, it's sort of a personality test, but it's actually more how you respond to pain and how you respond when things are going on. Don't know if you, I know, it's so cool. But so basically a seven, uh, my instinct is to uh, avoid pain and boredom at all costs. Like I'm like, let's do something else. Let's keep going. Like, no, 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 don't stop. Don't sit still. Don't reflect. Don't be quiet. Like be still and know that I am God. I'm like, what is that even? I don't even register with that at any (laughs) level, right? Um, And so God has given me grit, kind of this word we're going to talk about, grit, not just like the food that some people like. I can't stand them, but... But it's, it's grit, like character. Being a woman that is strong, that's not going to back down. God has given me grit in some different areas, and I'm sure he's setting me up for more in the future, so that's exciting. Um, but I, in college, I dated a guy for almost two years and pretty much thought I was going to marry him, 
felt really strongly about him, and we broke up for a lot of reasons. And actually, a month ago, we were kind of trying to figure out, okay, it's been like a year and a half since we broke up. Could we see if it could work again? We have so many mutual friends. It's super awkward all the time. And he literally told me that we could date again, but that he didn't want to marry me. Right, right. So that's like, that will cause some grit to be needed because you're like, what does that even mean? And also that makes me feel like, does that mean, it just leads me down this spiral, like, right? Like even what Mac was saying, we can all spiral down to these places when one thing happens and then it's like your thoughts are crazy and you're feeling like, now I'm, who am I? Like, am I even, does anyone want to marry me? Like, does anyone feel like they would feel strongly about me? Um, I'm definitely by nature a busybody and a people pleaser like mixed together, which means very bad things usually. <laughs> like even Veronique was sharing, I really relate of like, I want to be busy and people want me to be busy. So if I mix those together, it usually comes with I'm just doing a lot and I'm dead, like Mackenzie's saying, because I'm so afraid of people actually knowing me and people actually getting in and knowing who I am because I'm afraid of being rejected, right? Like I'm afraid of not being accepted. Um, yeah, kind of even with the relationship thing, I'm 23, which is, yeah, I'm young, but <laughs> single, and I've been in so many weddings of my best friends, and even watching them have their kind of like, I mean, it's not a fairy tale. Marriage is not easy from what I'm assuming. I'm not going to tell you, but, um, but it's like they're getting their person and this relationship and getting to go into this new stage of life, and I'm left feeling left behind, and I'm left feeling like this friend's in New, new Jersey living her best life, this friend's in Texas helping serve God, helping women become Christians, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in Kennesaw. Don't get me wrong, Kennesaw's great, but it's not like New York City. I don't know. It's like, it's different. Um, When I became a Christian, kind of like Mac, I didn't grow up kind of believing the truth about God, believing the truth about the Bible, and when I became a Christian, my parents persecuted me like very heavily, like very intensely heavily. Every conversation was you're doing the wrong thing every it was just I remember I came home one day just because I wanted to visit them I was trying to love them and I was overly zealous and made a lot of mistakes so a lot of it's on me but I remember going up to my mom's room and on her bed there was like all these papers about the International Church of Christ and it was all these people who had been hurt and how I should not be a disciple anymore and I should stop going to church it was like what? Okay, so my family was very vocal about how against my new lifestyle that I had chosen, not because of the church, but because of Jesus, right? But it's like they were so against that lifestyle, and they made it very, very clear, and that really divided a wedge in between us. And even recently with my family, this is really new, actually, like in the past month, my parents are starting the process of going through a really nasty divorce. After 25 years of marriage, sorry, on, deciding to throw it away. And it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that in life we're going to have things that yeah. we go through yeah. <laughs> that we're going to need grit and we're going to need to handle it right. in a godly way because there's so many worldly ways to cope with pain. Right. And there's so many worldly ways and it's easy to slip back into that slope, right? right. Um, and so... Um, 
I also am starting counseling, like Mag was saying. It's so scary, <laughs> but it's awesome. <laughs> if you're thinking about going to counseling, just go. And if you can go to someone who believes the Bible and everything in it is true, then you should go to them. That's really helpful. Um, but kind of on the other side, God has given me so many victories. And really, how I've pushed through, God has helped me um, to be a woman of strong character. Um, I remember with my people-pleasing, I used to fast every single Monday. Like my sophomore year of college, I fasted every Monday, begging God to give me a character that didn't care what people thought about me, right? Um, my best, one of my best friends, Julia, um, we used to pray every Thursday night that our families would become Christians. And now, five years later, my, I have an identical twin. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she, yeah, welcome to the, my world. Um, she's actually studying the Bible. Like, like studying out, contemplating whether or not she wants to get baptized. Like, this is huge. I could have never imagined that in years, right? And it's literally happening simultaneously with all my parents and everything that's going on. So it's very interesting. It's like, I feel such deep sorrow and such amazing joy at the same time. Yeah. It's just like, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Come on, um, but just kind of wanted you to let, kind of get into my life a little bit, but now we're going to do what you actually came here for, <laughs> which is to look at God's perspective on what it means to be a woman with strong character and seeing we have to see our trials as he does. That's really where it starts, right? So you can flip over to 1 Peter 4. Um, I'm going to read it in NLT because it's my favorite. Um, 1 Peter chapter 4, and we're going to read uh, verse 12 to 16 and then verse 19. So I'm going to read it for us. Um, it says, dear friends, right? This is Paul talking. He's, oh, sorry, this is Peter. <laughs> um, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange was happening to you. Instead, <laughs> be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ and his suffering so that you will have wonderful full joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, it must not be, and then he's like all these worldly things, right? But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you for he will never fail you. Um, I love this scripture, right? And it's interesting, even the perspective here, they're talking about being flogged. They're, the context is like they're being put in jail. I mean, I think that my family has persecuted me, but when I think about the early first Christians, yeah. they weren't just persecuted by their families. They were social outcasts. Yeah. Like they were being flogged and murdered for their faith, right? Wow. And so here he's like, don't act when you go through hard things. Something strange is happening to you. Like, this is not strange. This is expected, right? And actually, he says these hard things can be counted as joy, right? Like, even James 1, he talks about count every single trial, hard thing you go through, that you need character to persevere through. Count it all as joy. Why? Because we serve a God that we can trust because he created us, and he's never going to fail us, right? And... I think even with what Mac's saying, with Mac's lesson, if you don't read your Bible, you will never become a woman of godly character. 
You just won't. And I know we talk about that a lot. And so I was like, okay, pray and read well, you know. And I'll give you guys some more practicals if you want to be a little creative. But it's like if you do not compare your life to God's scriptures, right. you will never become the woman that he's created you to be before you were even born. Mm-hmm. Because his scriptures are a mirror for us, right? right. It helps us right. become the woman that he wants us to be. And what I've been learning about God recently actually is really simple. It's that God gives us everything we need exactly when we need it. And that's like such a deep conviction for me that God is really building in my character right now of like, I don't need to fight for myself. I don't need to fight for my needs. God will fight for me. I just have to go to him to kind of get that free, the free gifts that he's trying to give me, right? To get what I need. Um, And so, obviously, the biggest thing out of any of this class, if you take anything away, is that to make it through hard times, to become this woman that maybe you dream of sometimes in your head, you have to read your Bible, like, every day. And actually, Bree Schaff, she helped me become a Christian. She's, like, my hero in so many ways. She's my neighbor. It's, like, weird. Um, She once told me that... It's actually not a discipline issue if you're not reading and praying every day. It's a humility issue, right? Which that's like, it's not that you don't have time. It's that you're not humble. That's why you're not making time for God, right? So I know for me that really like, whoa, that hit me so hard, right? But let's talk about grit for a second, right? So a little bit switching gears, but kind of on the same, the same line, right? What does it mean to be a woman of grit? And I found this really amazing um, kind of perspective, Um, this quote, and it says, the ability to persevere in pursuing a future goal over a really long period of time without giving up. It's sticking with it day in and day out. Not for this week, not for next month, but for years working hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon and not a sprint. It's passion and perseverance for long-term goals, and it is the, the solid and significant predictor of success in the world, but it's also essential for thriving in your faith as a Christian. Um, We need to cultivate godly grit, not to just survive, right? Like, don't just be a woman that survives in your faith. Like, how boring. Like, why would you want to do that for the rest of your life if you're just surviving, kind of passing as a Christian, right? Like, I want to be someone who changes the world. Like, I want to thrive, right? And God has given me these dreams that I want to go after, these dreams that scare me, Because that's who God is, right? He puts dreams on our hearts that we can't accomplish without him, (laughs) which I love and kind of hate. But um, even this quote, grit is doing what you don't want to do to become who you want to be. It's choosing what you want most over what you want right now, right? Doing what you don't want to do to become who you want to be. Choosing what you want most over what you want right now. And even if you want to study out grit a little bit more, two words that are like biblical words for grit is um, being steadfast, right? And having endurance. And I would really encourage you guys, it's been so helpful for me in my faith, to study out those two words and see where they come up in the scriptures. Because actually every single scripture is coupled with a promise. I don't know if you noticed that, even when we were at, in First Peter. It's coupled with a promise of like, God will never fail you, right? Yeah. God created you, aka he knows everything about you. You don't have to worry. He knows what you need, right? And he even like throwing off all the things that hinder us, right? Like... I'm like, thanks, girl, Veronique, just like 
that was literally the next scripture I was going to go to. And she just read it for us. So that's great. Just remember her reading that of like, we're throwing off everything that's heavy, throwing off our weights. But it's interesting because in Hebrews 12, um, two to four, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read it. Um, it talks about how, right? So even practically, it talks about how do we throw off these weights and how do we keep them off, right? Because there's no point in, like, leaving your baggage, right? Like, even the song Lay It All Down, I'm just like, just love it. It's amazing, <laughs> you know? I don't know what that was. But, um, <laughs> but I love that song. But it's like, if you lay it down and then you pick it right back up, you're just, you're just going to be tired. <laughs> like, nothing is going to change for you, right? Your life is going to stay the same. And in Hebrews 12, it says, um, it talks about Jesus, right? Keeping, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And I love this. The champion who initiates and perfects your faith. Like, think about how your faith has been initiated by Jesus. He's like, I'm not done with you. I will never leave you until it's perfected. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, Jesus is with us, and that's why we can do this. Is because he's here. He's with you when you're folding your laundry. Like, I love to think about that. He's with you when you're, like, trying to meal prep for the week, if you do that. Or when you're going through the drive-thru at McDonald's. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever your style. I don't know what it is. I definitely love Taco Bell. Guilty pleasure. Don't judge me. Um, But, like, God is with you in all of those moments, right? Like, when I'm talking to my mom, and she's telling me that she's moving out of the house... God is with me in that moment, right? Or my twin who comes over and is telling me a little bit about her Bible study, still really hesitant because she thinks I'm crazy, um, which God will love her. Pray for Catherine. Um, When she comes over and we're having these hard conversations, God is with me, right? Like when I'm on campus and I don't want to share my faith because whoever wants to share their faith, like it's not comfortable. (laughs) I'm like, I'm a campus minister and I don't like to share my faith, but I do it. Because I can't imagine going through trials in life without having the relationship with God that I have. And that's one thing about being a woman of character is that a woman of character wants to help other women become a woman of character, right? And so a woman of character, your mindset is it's not about you because you is not the goal right? Like, obviously, we're talking about, it's, this is much of a class about, like, you know, improve your, you know, character, life, yourself, whatever. But this class is actually that God will improve your character if your goal is heaven, right? If your goal is, I just want to be the best me, because, like, even what Mac and I are sharing, we care so much about what people think. We want people to think we're great, whatever. This is, like, really deep fear and insecurity, right? It's like, if that's your goal, you won't become a woman of character because that's not God's goal for your life, right? And so um, even with this, that was not Jesus's goal either, right? Even in Hebrews 12, that's why he could have joy awaiting him when he endured the cross, right? That's why it says he disregarded its shame and is now seated in honor next to God, right? In his throne. Um, And then it challenges us. Thinking about the hostility that Jesus went through from sinful people, a.k.a. us. Sorry to burst your bubble. That's us, right? Don't become weary and give up in fighting for this, right? Don't become weary in fighting for heaven because Jesus could do it and he set the example for for us to be able to do it. It is possible, right? I don't know if I could say that anymore. It's so possible. Um, And then it reminds us, like, you haven't given your lives to struggle against sin, right? Jesus gave up his life 
like to fight and win the victory over our sin, over your sin, like your sin yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's got it. Like he's got you covered, (laughs) but he does call us to wake up. He calls us to repent, right? That is the, that is the response biblically for Jesus taking these burdens off of us. And he wants to keep taking that weight off, but we have to also throw it off. Right. And so when we think practical, I have three kind of points for you in the practical sense. So the first one is reflect. Um, the second one is envision. And then the third one is live it out. So very practical. Um, all right. So for the first one, reflect. I want each woman in here to get some perspective on your character. And since we're all, as women, pretty naturally controlling, manipulative, I don't know if that's just me or if anyone else senses that in themselves, this really deep need for control, need to take care of yourself. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But (laughs) you're like, no, 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 girl, please. Um, And that's why we need women in our lives, because we don't actually see ourselves clearly. Like, I need Mackenzie in my life because I do not see myself clearly. Right? I need women in my life that are going to tell me the hard things. People who are going to tell me, I hope that doesn't, that relationship doesn't work out for you, right? Mm -hmm. People who are going to tell me, like, Lizzie, this is going to be hard. You're going to have to fight, but God is with you. Like, people to comfort me. But with reflecting, you need to get some perspective. So asking three women in your life, who is it? Write down their names. If you don't have three spiritual women who are going to challenge you in your life, you might need to look for some new friends. Mm -hmm. If you need any recommendations, I got a few. Um... But asking three women when you go home from this retreat, right? We don't want this to be another lesson, so don't make it another lesson. That's up to you. But three women that are going to challenge you and ask them, what are the holes you see in my character? Not like, what could I be doing better? Oh, have a few more girls you're studying the Bible with. No, it's like, what, do, what are holes you see in me? In the depths of me, what are holes that I am not like Jesus, Right? And there should be one that's even older than you. Maybe it's someone that's walking through life with you. Maybe it's someone that's in your family group, whoever it is, right? And we have to get those women quickly because a lot of building character and being a woman of strong character is imitating women who are stronger in their character. Does that make sense? Like, if God has given us everything we need to do this, he's given you women that are literally right around you. Maybe they're sitting next to you in this room. I don't know. But he's given you women in your life to call you out and for you to be a woman who can do that for others, right? And so we get to imitate women of character and become women of character ourselves, right? That's like a really cool tool that we get to have. But when you get with this woman, I want you to ask her, am, do you, am I a woman of grit to you? And if you hate that word or it just reminds you of the food, am I a woman that perseveres through hard things? Do you feel, not do I think I am, but do you think I'm a woman who endures through hard times? Have you seen that in my character? How do, how do I actually respond to hard times? Let her tell you. Listen, be humble, right? We're not going to get anywhere without humility, right? Um, and also asking her, am I, like, who am I? Am I too sensitive to what you say or to what people say? Am I, do I think that my, this is one big thing for me, like thinking that my words are more important than God's words. That was a huge thing in my character that I'm still fighting through every day, right? It's like character isn't just for a season. It's like your life, right? This is bigger. And asking her, right? So that's the first step is reflecting. 
And obviously it's helpful to think, okay, what are my strengths and weaknesses? What are things I see in my character? But I actually think it's more important to get outside perspective to really be able to clearly and soberly see, okay, how am I doing in this area? Am I a woman of strong character? What are my worldly kind of back doors, right? And if you have one of those you're thinking of right now, I would encourage you to write it down. And the second, the second part of how to practically do this, right, is envision. And this is actually my favorite part of my whole lesson is actually this part, so listen up. But um, <laughs> thank you. But I believe that since God has given us everything we need, you can become the woman that you dream of becoming. Yeah. You can do it. But you got to start by dreaming, <laughs> right? So thinking about what kind of woman do I want to be by the end of 2020, right? What kind of woman do I want to be in five years? And not just like, oh, cute, I want to still have like nice hair and, you know, be like fit. But like in your character, what kind of woman do you want to be? What kind of woman do you want to become? Like who is that girl in your mind that you're thinking of? Is she kind? Is she gentle? Is she vulnerable when it's hard to be honest? Does she stand up for what's right and what's true? Is she inclusive of the outcast? Is she generous, sacrificial? How many fruits of the spirit does she have, right? Like I think sometimes we overlook the fruits of the spirit. And it's like, no, no, if you're connected to Jesus, the fruits of the spirit are supposed to be naturally flowing through you, right? They're trying to throw, flow through you, but then we have all this weight that hinders them from coming out, right? So you gotta take that off so that God can really move through you with the fruits of the spirit. And these are just some characteristics that I'm naming off that remind me of Jesus, right? Because ultimately, I hope that each of us want to become a woman that has characteristics that are like Jesus, right? And there's this really amazing book I'm rereading for like the fifth time right now. It's called Jesus the Same. Has anyone heard of that book? It goes through like 20 20 characteristics of Jesus that you don't recognize kind of firsthand in the scriptures. So it's kind of like if you want to get a little deeper look at Jesus, read Jesus the same. It's amazing. It's like seeing him from a whole new angle and being able to imitate those qualities, right? Um, And the whole time in this lesson, we're not talking about perfection. Let's remember that. We live in a world where perfection is the standard. That is not your standard as a disciple. Thank God. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, that we get freedom from the standard of perfectionism. That is like, praise the Lord, hallelujah. You know, that's amazing. Your standard is not the girl in your ministry that you want to be like or the girl that you wish you were, right? Your standard is Jesus' standard from you from the scriptures. So if you don't know the scriptures, you can't know the standard, right? You can't know that, and you can't become that woman without his guidance, right? Like, he's giving us everything we need, but we have to be women who are motivated, self-motivated. Like, I want to be a woman who can inspire myself, right? It's awesome to come to these things. I want to be a woman of character who can read my Bible and get inspired and not need to do all these things, but really, like, can be easily inspired by God because he's incredible. Like, he's amazing, right? And if you're having trouble seeing that, get a different angle. Get some space. Like, get some time to really see that. But um, even with envisioning, who are the women in the Bible? Like, the women of grit in the Bible that inspire you. Who are they? And if no one comes to mind, I mean, I think about Sarah, right? She was living as a stranger in a land that she didn't even really, you know, she didn't belong there. As she was waiting for God to give her this child, as her body's failing, everything on the outside is, like, breaking down. And she's like, has God lost his mind? Like, is he, 
has he, has he forgotten me? Right. Or I think about Ruth, like how much she had to humble herself to go out of her comfort zone. Or I think about Esther who like was an orphan. She lost both of her parents. Right. She had to marry and submit to a man that did not follow God. And then all of her, all of her people, her families were being persecuted because they were Jewish. Right. And how much she had to cling to God and trust that he would bring her to the other side. Like, these are just three women that come to the top of my mind when I think about women of grit and women I want to imitate, right? And then the third and the last practical that we're going to leave you guys with today, obviously there's a lot more that you can make your own lesson about this, but um, is to live it out. So this is the most practical part. Make a game plan, right? When you get back home, I want to challenge you guys not just to ask those three women those questions, but also to write down one thing that you've learned from this lesson that you're going to put into practice. Just one. I think I'm such an overachiever and it's like totally my fault (laughs) where I try to do like 10 different things at once and then I don't do anything well because I should have just done one thing really well, right? I think that that's actually what pleases God a lot more is doing fewer things excellently than doing a lot of things mediocrely, right? It's just a side note. Um, But to pick one thing, just one thing that sticks out to you, right? And maybe it's not even from this lesson. Maybe it's from this weekend altogether. Just pick one and go from there. You'll get a lot farther a lot quicker. Um, with living it out, um, my word for the year is gratitude, actually, which is, like, funny with everything going on. It's gratitude. And um, there's actually a cool fact about gratitude that you can't feel any other emotions when you're being grateful. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like, I can feel devastated in my heart, but if I'm being grateful... I can't really feel devastated in that moment because I'm consumed with the gratitude. Does that make sense? Like thinking about gratitude, keep a gratitude journal. It will retrain you to think like a woman that is focused on Philippians 4, 8 stuff, right? Like whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, like think of such things. I keep a little blue gratitude journal, get a cute one. So you actually write in it, you know, with whatever kind of pen you like. I know people are weird about that, but, um, write in that, write in that gratitude journal. Like even if it's three things, what am I, what are the little things I'm grateful for today? Right. Um, prayer and fasting. It just, Bible keys are really simple. I think discipleship is about getting excellent at the basics. Reading your Bible, praying, and fasting. I really do. I think that those are three of the basics, and obviously spiritual practices and whatever. Jesus couldn't live without prayer, so why do we think we can live without prayer? Like, if Jesus couldn't go a day without talking to God, why do we think we can go a day without talking to God? That is the most ridiculous thing that I have thought in my mind, right? I am so guilty of that. But we can't do that. Women of character are reliant on God. That is their resounding quality, right? So that they're not self-reliant, right? They get their confidence from who God says they are. Um, and then my last little point with this living it out is think about your future. I know a lot of times we, uh, we worry about our future, but I don't want you to worry about your future. I want you to think about your future. It's different, right? And investing in now or later. Like, is going to a midweek at your church or having a Bible study, is that just another thing to you? Or do you see it as like, like, even this class, maybe. Like, do you just see it, oh, I'm just in a class because I had to go to one, I had to pick one of these, which, thanks for picking ours, you know, it's great. But it's like, or do you see it as, this is an investment in my eternity. Like, I am investing in heaven right now. Like, I'm putting some money in that bank as I'm going to this midweek, right? As I go to this church service, as I have that hard conversation with that sister I really don't want to have, I'm investing in eternity. Like, this is, there's nothing more valuable you could spend your time doing, right? And so becoming this woman of character, 
once you see in your head that woman that you want to become, you have to go after her. You have to invest these things, right? How are you spending your time now to prepare to be with God for eternity? That's why we have time on earth, is where we're preparing for the day when we're going to be next to Jesus all day long. Are you going to feel uncomfortable when you get to heaven because you didn't really spend a lot of time with Jesus? Because you didn't really spend a lot of time in his presence? Or are you going to feel like this is the best thing ever because I've been preparing for this my whole life, right? Um, And even how will your Christianity look beyond campus ministry? Like, take away campus ministry, take away the events, take away the culture, whatever it is, take it away. Could people still tell that you're a disciple? Minus that you're in the campus ministry. I think that's something that we all need to think about, of like, Church is not what keeps us disciples. Jesus is what keeps us disciples. And at the end of the day, the campus ministry is such a gem. It's amazing. I love it, obviously. <laughs> I love it. But it's, it's not everything, right? Hopefully all of you won't be in campus for the rest of your lives. That would be sad. And hopefully you don't feel like you peak in campus. Like Psalm 84 is one of my favorite psalms because it says she goes and it's kind of like from season to season, she's like a wellspring of life everywhere she goes. Kind of like I want to peak in every stage of life. I don't want to just peak now, right? I want to peak in every stage of life that God gives me. Um, And then kind of ending it out. Do you have a scripture for everything you do? If you're doing something and you don't have a scripture, your character is probably not really strong and you're probably not going to have great character in the long term, right? We need to be women where there's a conviction and there's a scripture. There's a conviction, there's a scripture. And if you don't have that, maybe that's your one thing that you take away and you're like, I need to write out all the things I do. Did Jesus do those things, right? Or all the things I shouldn't do. Did Jesus talk about not doing those things, right? It goes both ways. Um, Let's make it simple, but make it powerful. And remember that God has been dreaming and envisioning you from before you were even born. So if you're having trouble envisioning yourself, pray to God. Beg God to show you who he wants you to become. Beg God to show you what you need to let go of and what you need to hold on to tighter, right? And he will. He'll let you, right? But now it's up to you. And so obviously we're just learning with you. I'm up here talking, but I'm just right. I'm sitting right next to you, right? I'm learning the same things too. Let's be women who persevere in trials and let God add to our character. Women who stand out with godly character and confidence. Thank you guys for coming. And now.